Sponsor ad. Would you like to listen to audiobooks? Listen to the world's best-selling audiobooks from our more than 10,000 audiobooks for free. Also, you can benefit from these excellent and informative podcasts for free. Get the helpful links in the description. Please support us. Thank you. Practicing gratitude. It is my single most important life practice, I have to say. And I know with Thanksgiving coming, many people think about being thankful. There's lots of talk about Thanksgiving and blessings, but that's kind of like going to church on just Christmas and Easter. It counts, but it's not consistent because for me, gratitude is something that is necessary and should be practiced every day because making space for appreciating what you have opens you up for a happier, more fulfilled existence, I guarantee, while ensuring that those blessings just keep flowing. This is the truth, it's a law, what you focus on in your life expands. So focusing on what you're grateful for increases positive vibrations and feelings of joy. Just one good feeling builds on another good feeling and another. And if you actively appreciate all that you have in life, no matter how small it is, what you notice is that you end up having more. And when you hone in on what you don't have, you never have enough. So being grateful I've learned, allows us to fill in the cracks and crevices between what we desire and what we already have with positivity. So we can pave the way for grace to show up and lead to an even better life. So how do you make gratitude a habit? For me, the first thing I do in the morning is I read some sort of spiritual enlightenment that allows me to start the day with a positive frame of mind that will only help usher in even more positive energy. And for me, that is the Daily Word, which is Christian-based, or the Book of Psalms, also Christian. Mark Nepo's Book of Awakening is just spiritual, no religion, with a daily meditation. And Rumi, or Mary Oliver. There's something called Bowl of Saki that I love too. It's a spiritual Sufi teachings that you can download for free into your inbox. But the greatest thing that I've ever done is having a gratitude journal. So I started one over 20 years ago. And every day for years now, I write down five things that I am grateful for. I believe you gotta write them down because there is power, power, power in the written word. And it can be anything, big or small. Some days those things will come easy. You know, a chat with a close friend or taking a walk in the crisp fall air, having a loved one cook you a dinner or bring you a cup of tea. Some days it might be difficult to even think of anything, and that's completely normal. And when things don't easily come to mind, go back to your breath, because if you breathe in, you ought to be grateful. Know that you have that, and simply opening your eyes in the morning and having that breath is a gift. But every day, I consistently write down five things that I'm grateful for. Sometimes it's more than five, but if I can't get to five, I just go breath, breath, breath. Gratitude is a posture of your heart, a choice and a privilege. So I hope that you'll make the choice to initiate a daily gratitude practice if you haven't already. I've been saying it for years because this I know for sure, sure, sure. Appreciating, noting the delights that show up in your life will ensure more goodness is coming your way. After a year like nobody has ever experienced. I believe that the best thing we can collectively do is to take care of our individual selves. 
Now, I know that might sound oversimplified and even selfish to some people, but this is what I know for sure, that you have to feed yourself with love and loving thoughts in order to show up more fortified and complete to give other people your love. We hear about self-care so much these days, but what does it really mean? Well, for me, it's about engaging in practices that fill you up in every way. That means eating foods that are both enjoyable and nourishing, giving your body the gift of some form of movement every day, and surrounding yourself with people whose energy uplifts you. This is so important. Also creating space in your day for at least, just give yourself at least a minimum of five minutes of stillness. That alone time is so crucial when you can distance yourself from the voices of the world so you can hear your own voice loud and clear. That's why I have dedicated Sundays as my time for recalibration and renewal. So sometimes it's just a simple walk in nature or just sitting out in the backyard. All of it, that alone time helps me recenter, refuel me for whatever the coming week is. And however that shows up for you, that's what you need to do for you. I love how Glennon Doyle put it in her book, Love Warrior. She said, I have met myself and I'm going to care for her fiercely. So I know we have to be reminded as women people to continuously make ourselves a priority because when you truly value yourself, the world reflects that worth back to you. Nobody needs to be reminded of the importance of self-care though, more than mothers. So we all know that back in normal times, before there was a pandemic, moms had so much on their plates, managing the needs of children and spouses and households and in-laws. And that's why I have so much respect for people who do it well. And now the pandemic has taken its toll from juggling increased childcare demands to mental health ramifications to economic strain from the more than, you know, 5 million jobs of women were lost since February of 2020. So we know mothers are carrying a heavy load on their shoulders. And that's just another indication that self-focus on yourself is so important. Is there someone you need to forgive? It's one of the most difficult principles of life to practice, but it can also be one of the most rewarding. It's one of the grandest gifts you can give to yourself. You forgive and you become relieved of the heavy burden of resentment that you've been carrying that's weighing you down. You become lighter, literally, and things in your life begin to fall into place. So as someone who has experienced abuse during childhood, I know very well that the struggle to forgive the people in your life who have hurt you is, is real and it's painful. But know this, it's not about condoning whatever it is that person did to mistreat you. It is about allowing what they did to affect how you live your life now. Dr. Gerald Jampolsky put it to me this way years ago on The Oprah Show. It was a big aha, aha moment that I've accepted now as spiritual law when he said, forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could have been any different. I repeat that. Forgiveness is giving up the hope that what woulda, coulda, coulda, shoulda happened, in fact, it did not happen. It's accepting the reality of what did happen and moving on. This truth has been fundamental in allowing me to live my best life. 
it was transformative. You have to come to the realization that what might have been is not what is. Easy to hear, I know, and harder to do. You gotta sit with the hurt, feel it, it's uncomfortable, but when you can rise up and just really meet that pain face to face and then let it flow through you, only then can you let it go and step out of the hurt of your history into the possibility of the present. I've carried this lesson from Iyanla Van Zant with me for some time. I remember years ago on the show, she said, you can accept or reject the way you are treated by other people, but until you heal the wounds of your past, you will continue to bleed. You can bandage the bleeding with food, with alcohol, with drugs, with work, with cigarettes, with sex, she said, but eventually it's gonna ooze through and stain your life. You must find the strength to open up the wounds, stick your hands inside, pull out the core of the pain that is holding you in your past, the memories, and make peace with them. So here's the formula, accept what has happened, forgive others, forgive yourself, accept the now. That is the recipe to begin healing and give up the hope that the past could have been anything other than what it actually was. Whatever happened, help to make you, you. My hope is that you find the courage to relinquish all your grudges because what I do know for sure is that on the other side of forgiveness is freedom. The freedom to live the life for which you were intended and the one you actually deserve. There are so many feelings that we've all experienced over the past year and a half as a collective. So we're all in it together. I know we've heard that before. A lot of people don't believe it, but we're in it together feeling the same things, whether we agree on what we're feeling or not. And one of the abiding feelings I know is the sense of uncertainty, not knowing for sure what is next. So our lives have been shaken up and shifted to say the least, which has made a lot of us uncertain of what is on the horizon. When will we go back to the office full time? What is that gonna require of me? How long will we be wearing masks? How long will we be fighting about masks? When will all of this be over? And it, it really is completely natural to not have all of the answers. So one thing I do know for sure is that we all have to let go of knowing, of having complete control and being able to ready ourselves to navigate waves of change as they come. But how do we do that? Anxiety comes when we live in the unpredictable nuances of the future, all the what ifs. You know, I remember when I was on trial back in 1998 for disparaging a burger and had to sit in a courtroom for six weeks in Amarillo, thank you very much. And in the beginning of that trial, I had so much anxiety. Learning to stay focused on just that day and not the multiple days ahead is what actually kept me sane. So I think we all must practice becoming more comfortable stepping into the unknown. And when those uncertain, overwhelmed feelings creep in, you need to make an effort to stay in the present moment and just be still and breathe and say to yourself, I am here now and right now everything is okay. All is well, all will be well, and there's nothing I cannot handle. So take some time to be quiet enough to listen to your internal GPS, your truer self, and let the clamor of the world dissipate. 
listen to the whispers, as I like to say, and then let that guide you. Sometimes just the fear of uncertainty can stop us from taking the next step toward a breakthrough. But we cannot let uncertainty just fester and morph then into doubt. Doubt that your fortitude, that your determination, that your values won't have your back as you navigate whatever is coming next. Now, they've been there for you in the past. They're there for you now. And they will be by your side as time goes on. So look at where you've come from how far you've journeyed to get to the you that you are now. And you're still adapting, evolving to an ever better version of yourself. Hopefully that's what we're all trying to do. Who you are and what you believe in can remain steadfast and rooted enough to take on uncertainty. There is so much going on in the world right now. Mass mandates are changing all over the country as vaccination rates are going up. Travel is coming back. A return to working in the office may be in the foreseeable future for a lot of you. And as we look to this next chapter, after such a long and challenging stretch, I think it's time for us all to think about refreshing ourselves in a way that allows us to keep what matters most turn over what we're ready to let go of and make room for the new in our world, in our lives. So I don't know about you all, but I am forever changed by all of these months away from the bustle of the world. And I will forever more carefully choose what has to have my attention and what does not, because I've learned a lot of things do not. So when we hit that little refresh button on our computers, or phones, it updates everything so quickly and just like that, so simple. Sometimes it's even automated, so there's not even any think of, thinking about it. A refresh though in real life, as we know, takes effort, it takes time, it takes patience. So be kind to yourself during these days. Check in, be still until you can hear and feel the answers you need for moving forward. And always feel blessed that we survived a pandemic and we have another chance to get things right in our daily lives. And I would say that the best way to begin to figure out who you are really meant to be is to ask the universe, God, that question. God, how can I be used in service to myself first, and how can I then use that service to serve the world? Use your life to serve the world and you will find that it also serves you. One of the biggest mistakes people make is thinking that they have to get paid a lot of money or even get paid at all for their calling. You are here to honor your calling, whether you're paid for it or not. If you can get paid for it, that makes life exponentially better. But if you are not paid for it, that is also really just fine because honoring the calling feeds everything else you do in your life. Letting go of energy that's clouding your vision and holding you back. It's a life practice that I learned long ago that has freed me whew, so many ways. It's a fact that holding grudges against somebody who's done you wrong or replaying, revisiting hurtful situations in your head over and over, only weighs you down and prevents you from being who you're meant to be right now. 
because you're still energetically holding on to the past. The energy that you put into constantly rewinding to the resentment. Why did they do that? Why did they say that to me? I didn't deserve to be treated that way. All of that only keeps you stuck. It will never change what happened. You gotta press stop and reject the urge to keep replaying so that you can then fast forward into the now for yourself. You know, a lot of people think that holding on to things that disempowered them is gonna somehow magically turn it around. Mm -mm. As I said in my message a couple weeks ago about forgiveness, you have to release the notion, give up the hope that the past could have been any different. And you also must release the idea that people would do what you might do in any given instance. This is a big one. I had to learn and relearn before I actually got it. Expecting people to do what you would do in a situation only leads to your disappointment. Not theirs, they're going on with their life. So let people be who they are and either you accept it or you don't. Not doing that keeps you stuck in a circumstance that actually costs you time, costs you energy. And I can guarantee that oftentimes the person on the other side of the bitterness you're holding on to, they're not even thinking about you. In fact, they probably have just moved on. They certainly aren't obsessing the way you are. Think of it like letting go of any bad habit that just doesn't serve your well-being. Not an easy task. Taking the road to a more enlightened, healthy existence never is. So this is what I want to ask you to ask yourself. Why am I holding on to this? How is this serving me? And really think about the answer. Maybe it makes you feel validated. Maybe it makes you feel righteous. Or maybe taking on the pain is your way of recognizing the injustice so that even though it won't be made right, it can at least not be forgotten. Then I ask you, again, ask yourself, do you want to be right or do you want peace? This was huge for me. The unfortunate fact is that having both may not be possible. And also you may never get your moment of righteousness, so why wait for it? Choose peace. What I know for sure is that in this world, time is a moving on and it's our most valuable commodity. You can never get it back. So staying in that loop, playing it over and over in your head of hurt only amplifies your pain. Let it go. Exhale, make room in your heart for something that is uplifting. Surround yourself with people who want the best for you. You have the ability to shift the DNA of your spirit and control how you perceive life. So why not lighten your load and let it go? Knowing when you know better, you do better. We're ready to move on to what I think is another powerful lesson that I started to get when I was a really young girl having been raised by my grandmother, and then at six years old, being separated from my grandmother, being moved to Milwaukee and suddenly in a foreign environment for myself. I remember walking into that new space and recognizing that in many ways I was alone, which is a terrible feeling if you're six years old, but I have always had the deep understanding for myself that if anything was going to move forward in my life, that I was going to have to be responsible for making that happen. And 
I know that to be true now and can articulate it as you are responsible for your life. And if you're sitting around waiting on somebody to save you, to fix you, to even help you, you are wasting your time because only you have the power to take responsibility to move your life forward. And the sooner you get that, the sooner your life gets into gear. This is what I know from doing 25 years and thousands and thousands of interviews on The Oprah Show. It does not matter where you come from. I have seen people come out of the desert, walk across the desert, being born in the most dire of circumstances. Doesn't matter what your mama did, whether she did or had a PhD or no D, what matters is now, this moment, and your willingness to see this moment for what it is, accept it, forgive the past, take responsibility, and move forward. Sponsor ad. Would you like to listen to audiobooks? Listen to the world's best-selling audiobooks from our more than 10,000 audiobooks for free. Also, you can benefit from these excellent and informative podcasts for free. Get the helpful links in the description. Please support us. Thank you.